Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And I want to welcome you to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Figs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado, and I'm with you on this Monday before Christmas, and so glad to be with you and blessed to be with you. You just heard that number where you are invited to call into today's program to ask your questions or to give your prayer requests. That number, I'm going to give it to you again, is 303-690-3000. That will get you to me to be able to talk to me, to ask your questions or give your prayer request. And I invite you to do that. So I'd love for you to grab one of those open lines. The hour goes by quickly. And give me a call. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. There's another way for you to communicate to me a question or a prayer request. That's through a dedicated text line. And that's a different number. It's for texting only. Make sure that you're safe when you're texting. But that number is 720-336-0897. And as I mentioned, my name again, Pastor Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you on this Monday, the 19th of December. And we are coming very, very close to Christmas. I know it's a week where uh, we get very busy. Some of you are out of school, maybe perhaps taking some time off of work, but there's baking, there's shopping, there's wrapping presents, there's things that need to be done. But I pray that you take the time to just give me a call if you have opportunity to do that as the sun is setting here in Colorado. And I'd love to talk to you about the things of the Lord. Maybe you got a question about Christmas, uh, and maybe you got a question about um, how do you, we react to things heading into the new year. Uh, it's hard to believe that in two weeks we'll be in 2023. It seems like time goes by so fast, and it does. And it's true what the Bible says, that our lives are but a vapor, and it goes by quickly. And and uh, so give me a call. Love to talk to you. I'd love to encourage you, pray with you any way that I can. we got all open lines right now. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. And I want to welcome all those who are listening on the Grace FM radio network, two stations in Colorado, along the Front Range and up into southern Wyoming. And then also those who are listening live, Radio by Grace, many stations throughout the country. You two are um, welcome to call in. So glad that you guys have become a part of our Calvary Live uh, audience and, and family. So I encourage you to give me a call. And then also uh, those who are listening online uh, anywhere in the country, love for you to call at that number. Eight. I'll give it to you again, 303-690-3000. We'll get you to me. That's the call-in number. And love to talk to you about the things of the Lord Jesus Christ and answer your questions. And just what what a unique show. What a blessing uh, this show is. Every week, all year long, um, we've been able to just talk about the things that are important to you, the questions you've had, the things of the Lord, the things of eternity, and I think it's just wonderful. So I'm blessed to be a part of it and to be able to be a part of your lives uh, for this uh, short time that I get to do it, uh, Mondays and Tuesdays. So give me a call at 303-690-3000, the call-in number, the text line 
336-0897. And just quickly want to give a shout out to those of you who are listening on Hope FM and Truth FM and uh, Higher Rock Radio in Idaho. You're a week delayed, but that should not stop you from calling in and uh, talking with me. And then the broadcast will be a week later. So 303-690-3000, the call-in number and text line 720-336-0897. We're going to go to Aurora with our first call to Julie. Hi, Julie. Good. How are you? Good. Okay, I'm just going to get down to it because you brought up Christmas questions, and I was thinking about asking this. Um, <laughs> so I, <Yeah. laughs> um, I've heard so many things about the origins of Christmas, like with winter solstice and the pagan holidays with Wicca celebrating around this time, and then there's also the talk about like Catholicism bringing Christmas as a way to cover up the pagan holidays. And But then I also heard that there was this one other Christian who said that there's other counts of Christians celebrating in the earlier centuries. So, like, what should we do as a Christian? Because I always felt conflicted every year about this, um, considering that Jesus' birthday wouldn't actually be around this time. And, um, like, if, there's a, if there should be, like, conversation about this. Well, there can be, um, and... Uh, oftentimes, and I've already had a few questions already from people in the congregation or uh, even called on the radio program that, you know, we shouldn't celebrate Christmas because maybe of the pagan organs, origins, you know, uh, in the church history. But you can look at church history as a whole, um, and there's a lot of problems with church history. It's the same thing with uh, Easter weekend. Uh, we shouldn't celebrate it because of the pagan or- origins and all of that. I don't have a problem at all celebrating Christmas. I don't have a problem celebrating it on December 25th. And one of the things that people say, and you just uh, mentioned it, is we know that he wasn't born at this time of the year. And my question is, how do you know? And um, if if he wasn't born on December 25th, and I, I understand, how do you know he wasn't born on December 25th? Then what day was he born? And some of the reasons that people think that he wasn't born on December 25th is because of the account of the Christmas story given to us in Luke chapter 2, that the shepherds were out in the field watching over their flock by night. And if it was December, they would not have been doing that. But I'll tell you this, Julie, I've been to Israel. I've been to Bethlehem in December, like two weeks before Christmas. And guess who was out in the field watching over their flocks? It was shepherds. So I don't think that's a good argument. One of the reasons that December 29th or 25th um, was, you know, uh, traditionally where the churches celebrate Christmas is because uh, the early church father Tertullian calculated it to be the date of the Passover on which Jesus was conceived, um, and so nine months later. So that's just... Uh, what he has written about. So December 25th came as a date um, in early church father Tertullian. Um, Also, uh, according to another tradition, uh, March 25th was the anniversary of the creation of the world, and Jesus' conception on that date would lead to his birth on December 25th. So those are just thoughts in the early church. But also there are those who 
know that it coincides with pagan festivals celebrating the winter solstice. And um, so what happened was that the church offered people a Christian alternative to pagan festivals and eventually, you know, reinterpreted many of the symbols and actions in a ways acceptable to the Christian faith and practice. So uh, to me, I go back to what Romans declares uh, in Romans chapter 14, and keep th- that in mind because we have liberty uh, in Christ. And he says that one person esteems one day above another, another esteems every day alike, that each be fully convinced in his own mind. And he who observes the day observes it to the Lord, and he who does not observe the day to the Lord, he does not observe it. And he goes on to say, who, he who eats to the Lord, he gives God thanks. He does not eat to the Lord, does not give uh, thanks. So uh, to me, I esteem every day alike. Whether we celebrate the birth of Jesus on December 25th, I don't have a problem with it. I esteem that day as a day that we can come together. Because when I think about the birth of Jesus, that God would care about us to send his son to this world, born as the babe of Bethlehem. And when he was born in that little out-of-the-way place and laid in the manger, you know, the heavenly hosts began to praise God. They were looking into the face of God himself. And so wondered they were praising God. So whether it's December 25th or another day, I have no problem celebrating Christmas. And there may be some that they have convictions that they're not going to do that. That's between them and the Lord. But I esteem every day alike to to worship the Lord, um, to celebrate the Lord, and I don't have any problem celebrating Christmas on December 25th. Yeah, I just, like, like, I don't really have a problem either. I looked into a lot of studies on, like, Halloween, and, like, it's I feel like it's not obviously the same, but it's like this is also an opportunity to witness, and why would we miss an opportunity yeah. to share the gospel when we can, regardless of other pagan activities being involved with it. Um, It's just like, I just need a clear answer because I get so many different answers, and it's it's frustrating. (laughs) Well, and the thing is, is there are those who have their convictions. You know, if they can't celebrate Christmas Day with a clear conviction, um, you know, and, you know, in faith— then don't celebrate it on December 25th. But I don't have that conviction, and I don't have any problem because I think you kind of hit the nail on the head when you said it's an opportunity for us to really be a witness. And I encourage people and invite people to Christmas Eve service because more people are willing to come at this time than any other time. and. To hear the gospel and hear the reason why Jesus came, uh, the light of the world into a time that was so dark. And you know, Julie, you know that we are living in a time where people are feeling hopeless. They're more anxious than ever before. The uncertainty is all around us. And we can give them a message that Jesus Christ came to this world and born unto us in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. You know, and that's, you know, a message of glad tidings, of joy to all peoples. And I have no problem declaring that in the Christmas Eve services, uh, celebrating Christmas Day, uh, celebrating Jesus. And um, and I, you know, I uh, love this season to be able to proclaim the gospel in that. So that's my conscience. That's uh, my conviction that the Lord has given to me. Uh, and, you know, when it comes to, you mentioned Halloween, there are going to be a lot of questions. And there's 
you know, that's another subject for, you know, when it comes around. But the thing is, you know, also on that day that light can be proclaimed in the darkness, because I know it's a day of darkness. It's a day that darkness and evil is celebrated by the world. But as Christians, that we can turn that around and we can, you know, give light. We can give the gospel. So some churches, they'll do festivals and all of that. And there's different convictions, whatever the Lord has convicted them to do. So that's where we're at when it comes to days and festivals and, and all those things that Paul would say that let no one judge you concerning those things. But it needs to be glorifying the Lord. It needs to be gospel-based. It needs to be giving light to others uh, as we do those things. Right. All right. Thank you so much. You have a Merry Christmas. You too. Bye. Okay. Thanks, Julie. Appreciate it. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line is 720-336-0897. And people will have different convictions about celebrating Christmas. I have no problem with it. I love this time of year. Um, I love to proclaim that Jesus Christ came to this world. And uh, and it's such a magnificent story. And I pray it never loses its impact to us, that God cared so much about us that he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So, wow, I love this time of year. So invite somebody out to your Christmas Eve services. I know churches are, you know, having extra services, special times. Uh, Invite them out so they can hear the gospel and hear it clearly. And hope came to this world, hope through Jesus Christ, who gives us a living hope. And so it's a wonderful message that we can give to others. Um, we got an open line, so 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Again, let me give you that text line if you want to text in a question or a prayer request, 720-336-0897. Let's go to Argent in Atlanta, Georgia. Hi, Argent. Hi, Jeff. Can you hear me? Yep, I sure can. You're on Calvary Live. All right, sounds good, man. Uh, so my question today is about uh, lukewarm Christians. Uh, mm-hmm. I recently went through a lukewarm season in my life, never stopped believing in Christ, but just wasn't praying, wasn't reading my Bible. Uh, you know, it was just kind of just backslid. And so uh, my question today is in reference to, I'm paraphrasing here, but the, the verse in the Bible where it talks about how that I would 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 prefer he would rather you be uh, hot or cold as opposed to lukewarm, and he would spit you out. And so, ultimately, I feel as if in my heart I know that if you believe in God, kind of like you, or not even kind of, but just like you said, um, John three sixteen, as long as you believe in Jesus, you know you're going to heaven. But uh, then that verse came up, and I kind of started to uh, you know just wonder there there are some doubt. You know, like what what would happen, let's just say, if I were to have died uh, when I was in my season of uh, being a lukewarm Christian, you know, would, you know, would I ultimately still go to heaven? Yeah, if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, you can be secure in your salvation. And I think one of, you know, we've talked a little bit about this in our Galatians study that we are saved by our faith in Jesus Christ. We're not saved by our performance. We're not saved by yoking ourselves to the law or anything like that. Um, So we can be secure as we come to Christ in faith. And with that said, 
you know, as Paul is writing to the Galatian believers, don't yoke yourself to legalism, but stand fast in the liberty which you have in Christ. But you don't use that liberty, as he goes on to say, and tell us how it is that we walk in that gospel of grace and how we walk in our justification. We walk in the Spirit. And he gives a picture as he's writing to the church of Laodicea in Revelation chapter 3. He's writing to the seven churches, seven literal churches there in Proconsular Asia, and Laodicea was the lukewarm church. And he says, I know your works, and that's something that he said to all seven churches. He he knows our works, he knows all about it, that you're neither hot nor cold. And there's a it's a a truth that he gives of an illustration that was actually taking place in Laodicea, because they would bring in water from Areopolis that was uh several miles away from Laodicea, and it was hot springs, and they would bring it in, and they would also bring in waters from the mountains that was cool water, but by the time it came in from the hot springs and from the cool mountains, it ended up being lukewarm, that water. So it would mean something to them as he was speaking to them. And lukewarmness, he says, I wish you were either hot or cold, but it speaks of indifference. It speaks of compromise. It tries to play the middle. Uh, too hot, too cold. Um, it's like when we drink coffee, they have iced coffee now, but I, I like my coffee or my, my hot chocolate hot. Um, and when, you know, milk, people like their milk cold. Um, uh, you know, things like that. It's just um, trying to be both things. They end up being nothing. And so that's where he says, I'll vomit you out of my mouth. And um, so he's talking to a church that they thought they were okay. As you read the rest of the church of Laodicea, they were a wealthy church. They were a church that liked to be entertained uh, because uh, the Roman circus would come into Laodicea. You can read all the history on that. He says that you guys say, I'm rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing, and do not know that you're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. So those are very serious things. Jesus didn't have anything good to say about this church, and there can be a lot of lukewarmness that happens to where, um, you know, people are indifference about the Lord, the Word of God, uh, things like that. And so I think that it's a it's something to really take to heart, and just the fact that you're calling me and saying, you know, I went through that season where perhaps, you know, you were, uh, you know, indifferent or backsliding, whatever it is. There's always forgiveness. We have security in Christ. But I think that there there are those who perhaps that they're indifference to the Lord, that there are people that call themselves Christians, but they're not really Christians. And so we're not to judge the condemnation. I can't judge somebody's heart but we can see things being worked out in their lives. So it's it's sobering words. Um, and uh, he says, I wish you were either hot or cold. Um, and it, it also speaks of useful, uh, being useless. Um, and, um, you know, because hot water is useful, cold water is useful. And, um, and so he is saying something that I think that we all need to take to heart. So, okay. And uh, just to make sure I got it right, because I do want to check this out for myself. I know you mentioned Revelation 3. Is that where I can find all of this? Yeah, the Church of Laodicea. <laughs> all right.
well, thank you very so, much. So, he, you know, he, here's the thing, Argent, is sometimes when we read like the 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 parable of the sower and, and the different seeds that are cast on the ground, people are saying, well, is this group saved or are they not saved? Um, there are those who read the Church of Laodicea. Are these people saved or not saved? There's lessons for us to really take to heart, to really go to the Lord, because as we read about these seven churches, and that's what I think chapters 2 and 3 of the book of Revelation, and I would encourage you, read all seven letters to those churches, that it, it can apply to us. Um, are we a lukewarm, um, you know, Christian, are we one that the Lord has given warning to? And we do know that there were some in the church that they were saved because he says, to him who overcomes, I'll grant to sit on my throne. And so he's writing to the churches there. But the church of Ephesus, those who had lost their first love, we can make application for ourselves. Am I an Ephesus Christian? Am I a lukewarm Christian? I, I want to be one like the Church of Philadelphia that was the faithful church. So to make that application is very powerful, uh, Argent, and to read that and say, Lord, I want to take those things that Jesus commends them on, and I want those things worked out in my life, and I don't want to be a lukewarm Christian. I don't want to be useless. I don't want to be indifferent. I want to know you, and I want to walk with you. And so that's what I encourage people. Apply that to your life as you read these letters, um, and they're very, very helpful and very, very powerful as we do that. Okay. All right. Well, that's uh, definitely doable, and uh, thank you for the uh, clarification. And, you uh, you know, just the, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for here? I guess I'm going to say reiterate or I guess yeah. reiterate works, you know, cause I felt, well, I think... I felt as go ahead. Ultimately, um, you know, I, I am saved because I, I would go to heaven because I am saved. And, um, maybe it was the trick of the devil or, you know, just my flesh, uh, just allowing that, that verse to allow doubt to creep in. Um, to kind of worry me about my salvation, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. now, now I, I feel more more secure in it. Yeah, and the thing is, Arjun, here's the thing: I think the Lord is speaking to you very clearly as you call. You wouldn't be calling if if you were indifferent. You wouldn't be calling if you know it's like, well, so what? I'll just live any way that I want. You're calling because you're reading the Word of God. It's convicting your heart. And you're calling saying, what does it mean to be lukewarm? And I don't want to be indifferent. This is what I'm hearing from you. And to pray, Lord, help me. Help me, Lord. I want to be one that I am growing in your grace. I'm growing in your love and desiring to walk in the Spirit. And yeah, I, you know, I know that I belong to you because I have faith in Jesus Christ. I confess that I'm a sinner in need of the Savior Jesus, but Lord, I don't want to be indifferent to you. I want to walk closely with you and to be used of you. And that's what I'm going to pray for you. And as you do, the Lord's going to hear that prayer. And I believe that he's going to work that out in your life day by day, moment by moment. So, Lord, I pray for Arjun. I just pray that as he reads these words, that you would convict his heart, that you would just minister to him. And, Lord, to draw closer to you, to walk closely with you, he doesn't want to be indifferent. And, Lord, he wants to be secure in his salvation. He believes in you, that you died for his sins and rose again. And he can be secure in that, that as we're in the Father's hand, no one's going to pluck us out. 
that that our justification is based on faith alone and Christ alone. But Lord, with that said, he wants to also just grow in grace and grow in your love and in your word and help him to do that, to stay close to you and to be used of you, Lord, and help whatever you have in his life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Jeff. Hey. Appreciate it, man. All right. You bet. God bless you. All right, man. You too. How we going? You bet. 303-690-3000. The call-in number to text line 720-336-0897. Let's go to Lovelet in Florida. Lovelet? Lovelet, are you there? So, hey, she want to um, prayer for family, kids, grandkids, and so we do. We just lift them up to you as, uh, Lord, we just uh, ask that you would you know the family, you know uh, the needs, and Lord, we just lift them up, especially this Christmas. Um, maybe the struggles they're going through, the needs they have, uh, the challenges that are before them. We know that Christmas, that is declared that when Jesus came, Emmanuel, God with us, and that you just be with them, and they would not feel alone, and they would know your promises are true. That we just lift this family up to you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Got a couple open lines, 303-690-3000. The call-in number, love to talk to you. Text line 720-336-0897. We're going to go to Centennial here in Colorado to Patricia. Hi, Patricia. Hi. You're on Calvary Live. Okay, hi. Uh, Thank you for taking my call, Pastor. I have a question on... um, I guess it's a parable, and it's regarding the the owner of, uh, I guess it was a field, and he hired um, people to come and work early, and then later, and then late, late, and they were all given the same pay. Well, my daughter and I were discussing it, and I said, well, I, what I what my thought was was that whoever started and they agreed for the pay for the whole day, um, you know, that they should work and, and let their word be their word. And then, but they were complaining because someone came late in the afternoon and they received the same pay. And my daughter said, no, that has to do with grace. And I was like, well, now I'm confused as to what that parable actually means. Yeah, and I believe it is speaking about God's grace. And, you know, it's interesting because it's not the way of the world, is it? And the parable is, you know, a spiritual—it's a story put alongside a spiritual truth. That's what para means, alongside of. And he goes on to say, and I think that as you conclude it, he says, the last will be first and the first last, for many are called but few are chosen. And as we look at that, it speaks about the essence of God's grace as he rewards and blesses man according to his will and pleasure, not necessarily according to what men deserve. And, you know, there are, you know, speaking of when it comes to salvation, not just reward, sometimes people think, well, that person, you know, they lived such a cruddy life, um, and then they get saved in their last hour. They get saved in the last day that they're alive. God accepts that. It's like the thief on the cross. You know the the account of the thief on the cross? He said, we're dying for our sins. You know, we deserve this. 
but Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said that you'll be with me in paradise. So what we're going to do is, um, you know, Patricia, we're going to go to break here. You're going to hear the music in just a short time. But it really is incredible, that parable that is spoken to us, speaking of God's grace. And, you know, the world system is, well, that person didn't deserve salvation or that person doesn't deserve to be rewarded by God. And God comes along and says, listen, the unmerited, unfavor, uh, unmerited, undeserved, unearned favor of God is grace. And we're going to talk a little bit more about it as we go to break. So, Patricia, stay on the line. We'll talk a little bit more about this parable. We got open lines, so grab one of those open lines, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Text line 720-336-0897. We're going to be right back, uh, finish up our conversation with Patricia after the break. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. So glad to be with you, Jeff Biggs of Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado with you on the 19th of December, Christmas coming this weekend. Invite somebody out to your Christmas Eve services as the gospel is proclaimed, the coming of Christ. What an incredible, incredible uh, fact and account that we have in the Bible, the Messiah coming uh, to save this world. And we get to proclaim that this Christmas. And so pray about who you might invite out to those services that you might minister to personally um, and uh, I pray that we would do that and consider that. Here at Calvary Chapel Greeley, we have noon, 2 o'clock, 4 o'clock on Christmas Eve. So I'd love for you to come visit us, those of you in Northern Colorado Family Services. And then also on New Year's Day, on Sunday, January the 1st, I'll be doing a prophecy update. We've had a number of calls on that. We're going to be talking about the Blessed Hope. 8, 9, 30, 11 o'clock is our uh, Sunday morning services. For those of you who are listening in other parts of the state and of the country, you can uh, pick it up on our live stream um, at calvarychapelgreeley.org. That's calvarychapelgreeley.org. And we're going to talk about the second return of the Lord coming up. And so we got a couple open lines or, or uh, one open line. And love for you to be able to give me a call at 303-690-3000. Before the break, we were talking to Patricia. Are you still there, Patricia? Patricia, yes, are I'm you here. there? I'm, yeah, yes, yeah, I am. Yeah, I appreciate your holiness. We had that break. But this parable, the parable is speaking of God's grace. And the point of the parable is not that we all are going to receive the same reward. We know that we will stand at the Bema reward seat of Christ. You can look at Second Corinthians chapter 5. Uh, Paul writes about that in the book of Romans. To receive rewards, what we have done in the body, whether good or bad. So we're going to be rewarded for what we have done f- for the Lord as we stand at the Bema reward seat of Jesus Christ. But I think what the, the parable is really getting across is that God rewards on the principle of grace, 
And, you know, the world says you deserve this, you deserve that. Well, none of us deserve heaven, first of all. Uh, It's by his grace. And even when he rewards us, it's by his grace. And Jesus would say that he who gives a cup of water to a child will be greatly rewarded, will receive a reward for those of you who pray. And for the person who perhaps is praying for you know, the church and praying for people and interceding as they go into their prayer closet. Jesus said, great will be your reward for that person who gives the finances and isn't looking to uh, be noticed and all of that. Jesus said that great is your reward. So I I believe that uh, God's grace always operates righteously, um, but it's not measured like the way the world is. And I think that's the parables is it's, telling us that God's grace um, doesn't give us more blessing than we deserve. It gives blessing to us completely apart from the principle of deserving. And grace is something that can be hard to to grasp because it is the unmerited, unearned, unfavor of God. And, you know, we grow up in a world where you don't get anything unless you deserve it. You don't get rewarded unless you deserve it. But when it comes to God's kingdom— that we know that we're going to be rewarded for those simple things. And I think when we get to heaven, Patricia, I think there's going to be some surprises to that person who perhaps that, you know, we think, well, you know, I didn't see them doing anything, but behind the scenes they were. Uh, that person that perhaps that that you knew that uh, didn't live a, a good life apart from the Lord, but later on in their life they came to Christ and they're in heaven. So that's what it's speaking about God's grace, the unmerited favor of God, and um, and uh, grace should be uh, it's uh, you know all of Christ. We're saved by uh, grace through uh, faith. Uh, it's not of ourselves. It's not of works. But grace should also, especially, be manifested in our service uh, as well. And I believe that's what the parable um, is showing us that uh, God's kingdom is is different than the world on deserving, but it's based on how he gives on grace and um, the unmerited favor of God. Right. Well, that was what my daughter was saying, and I was looking at it from a whole different perspective. Um, and and I said, you know what? I can't find this particular scripture, so I am going to call and find out someone that can help me, because I was, I was looking at it all wrong. And now, yeah. you know... It, so it, it's kind of like, I guess I was confused, but thank you for clearing you know, it up. You know, and Patricia, we've been talking a lot about grace on Sunday mornings going through Galatians, because what had happened was Paul says, I've come to give you the gospel of grace. And there are others who were coming along and saying, no, you have to yoke yourself to legalism or circumcision or to the law to be justified, and we think in those terms. Because, you know, for me, Patricia, my dad taught me that you work hard. If you want to be rewarded, you work hard, and that is true in the world. And sometimes we think that we we have to deserve God's blessing, but oftentimes he blesses us not because of us, but in spite of us. So grace is an incredible thing. It's such an incredible thing the unmerited favor of God. And I think this parable is really showing that. 
he wasn't dishonest to the workers. He said to the ones early in the morning that I'll pay you this amount. And it was the same of those who came at the last hour. And I think that's really what grace speaks about, that God's word is true and he's gracious and he's compassionate. And, um, and you know, it isn't according to the world. So, you know, keep growing in that and keep looking at that. And uh, the grace of God is, um, is, it's just something that, the Bible says we're going to spend all eternity marveling at. So good question that you're asking. Thank you for uh, giving me uh, a different perspective because I truly was confused and my daughter had it right. And I said, yeah, Yeah. okay, so let me find out for sure. You know what, what this, uh, uh, and it was a parable. I I just called it a story, Uh, but but you know, that's helped me a lot. So, um, I'm going to call her and tell her you were right. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Patricia, when you really think about it, you know, he's the one that saved us. He's the one that empowers us to live for him. He's the one that calls us to ministry. He's the one that gifts us in ministry. And then he's going to reward us. And that's all grace. That's all grace. And um, and I just marvel at that as I think about it. And it just makes me want, love him more and marvel at his goodness and and so um, I appreciate you calling in. I pray that you and your daughter, you guys have a wonderful, wonderful Christmas. Pastor, thank you very much. You bet. Absolutely. Hey, got an open line, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Text line 720-336-0897. Let's go to Alan in Fort Carson. Hey, Alan. Hi, Alan, Pastor. are you How there? Are you doing? Hey, Good. How are you doing? I'm I'm all right. Uh, all right. I have a question, uh, and it's regarding. Uh, so, just as, I'll quickly give some some context. Uh, my my mother, uh, who currently lives in, in Mexico, because uh, she's not able to come over the border legally, um, she uh, was diagnosed with a schizophrenic bipolar disorder, which is just a on the spectrum of schizophrenia and uh, a bipolar disorder. So a little mix of both, I guess. And um, so with this uh, disorder, there's some days where she's going to have some really great uh, days and she feels really uh, good and her creativity is really at its peak and she's just doing well all around. Um, but then the next day she could actually uh, be, uh, she could flip a switch and uh, and, and now she's like, yelling over the phone and she's uh, yelling a whole bunch of uh, obscenities and horrible, terrible things to her loved ones, um, blaming everybody for the way her life turned out and condemning mm-hmm. everybody. It's a horrible scene. It's a horrible scene. And I've been praying for her for, for a long time now. Um, but that leads me to wonder just because how long I've been praying and how she's kind of, been the same now for a long time. I, I wonder, will God save everybody that's prayed for? Well, yeah, and the the answer is no. Not everyone who's prayed for is saved. Now, the Bible does say that it is desired that none should perish, but all come to repentance. Um, and but the thing is is I know many, many people have prayed for loved ones that never came to the Lord. Um, 
but the thing is you keep praying for her and trusting the Lord and looking to the Lord uh, to minister to her, even in this time where she's, you know, has these mental illnesses and it's very hard and very difficult. But not everyone who's prayed for for salvation um, comes to salvation or they're, you know, praying for somebody to be saved doesn't save them. It's a decision that they have to make to come to Jesus Christ. But praying is very important. It's an important process of just lifting them up in intercessory prayer for them. And then salvation is the work of the Lord and just the trust in that. And, um, but you keep praying for her. And, you know, I feel for you, Alan, because I have a mother who is got severe dementia and, you know, she, she is saved. She, she, uh, has been saved for a number of years, but she also is very much struggling, um, with her mind and very angry and very combative. And, um, some of the things that you described, she's doing the same thing. But the thing about it is, as much as you can talk to your mom, remember this, they're still there. Okay. They're still there. And my mom, even in that difficulties and agony, that we go through and the visits and stuff. I know there's the moments, those moments that she's still there and you keep speaking truth into her life and keep speaking the the goodness of God into her life. And you keep praying that the Lord somehow will take it and that, that she would come to Christ and to salvation and never give up on that because the Lord is bigger than all of that. And we were talking yesterday about, you know, um, it, you know, there's nothing too hard or difficult for the Lord because He declares that He is mighty God. In that verse that in Isaiah that that we're familiar with um, at Christmas time in Isaiah chapter nine, that for unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given, and then that the name of the Lord is given. So the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. So you keep praying for her, and you keep speaking truth into her life as much as you can, because she's still there. She's still there, even in her mental illness. In a moment that you pray, Lord, just take those words and plant it in her heart. And hopefully that helps. I mean... um I mean, a little bit. It, it kind of helps, but I mean, sometimes it, it feels um, like, 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 how do I say it? She's, she's so, she's so far gone that I've, in the like, many attempts, especially recent attempts that I've made to like try to, uh, you know, get in contact with her again. Uh, it's actually just happened right now, which is why I'm calling. Um, She's, uh, I, I'm trying to de-escalate the situation as much as I possibly can. I, I'm composed as much as possible. Yeah, sure. Uh, but she just ignores every single thing that I am uh, saying uh, and yelling at the absolute top of her lungs. And even when she's more relaxed, she just continues to ignore the, the things that I'm uh, the things that I'm saying, she hates hearing uh, about God. She called me a, a hypocrite and a horrible person. And, um, yeah. you know, 
was like kind of mocking me a little, saying, go pray to your God again. Go keep praying to your God. You're dead to me. You're dead. It's a horrible thing. Horrible thing. It is. And it's very it's, difficult, it's, Alan. And it, it's, it's, you know, it's, it, it brings agony to you. And I can sense your agony, but keep speaking truth to her. Don't, you know, the Lord knows. He knows everything. And just keep speaking truth. And you're going to maybe get a barrage of, you know, negative comments and anger and, and mocking and all of this, but keep speaking truth into her. And we're going to pray for her right now. And I'm so sorry you're going through this. I know it's very difficult. There are others that are listening that have loved ones that maybe they're going through mental illness or uh, severe Alzheimer's like my mom. And just all I can say is, you know, you said that she's she's not really there, but she she there's something that's there that you pray that the Lord that please take it and work it in her life. And Father, I pray that for Alan. I pray that the words that he speaks, even though he gets a barrage of just uh, attack and mocking or negativity and anger and all of that, um, I just pray that you would take the the truth that he speaks into her life and work it in her heart because we know you're almighty God and you can do that. And we know that as Paul would write to Timothy that um, that you desire all to be saved, to come to the knowledge of the truth. But Lord, we, we need to leave that to you, the work of salvation. So Lord, I pray for Alan's mom. Just give him wisdom, give him patience and strength and courage to continue to speak what he can, truth into her heart to keep praying for her, and we lift her up to you right now. And we do pray that she would come to the knowledge of the truth and come to 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 salvation by an incredible miracle and working of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. I appreciate Alan, it. Pastor, really. So, you bet. So sorry, Alan. We'll keep praying, okay? Thank you again. All right. You bet. All right. Got a couple open lines, 303-690-3000, call-in number, text line 720-336-0897, very difficult. But remember those who perhaps that they, maybe they're comatose, maybe they're, whatever's going on with them, as long as they got breath, they're still there and speak truth into their lives. Keep speaking to them and um, and keep praying for them. Uh, I think Lovelet is back. Lovelet, are you there in Florida? Hello. Hi, Lovelet. Hello, good night. You're on Calvary Live. Thank God. I'm just asking you to pray for me and my family. That no matter what the circumstances may be, we just keep on holding, just hold on the season to let him off my father, Darmin. I just want to hold on and never let go, no matter what the circumstances may be. And I just thank him for life. Every morning you wake me up, I wake up until the moonlight sometime, and I watch the moonlight until the sunrise in the morning. And I thank mm-hmm. God for life. I just keep on thanking him, thanking him. I can't thank him enough. But, you know, I just got to thank him so much for all you have done for me and all you have inspired for me to him, the honor, the joy, and the prayer. I'm just asking him to surprise for covers that you may lead to the new year with his grace and his mercy. And thank God to you and Calvary family. Um, Merry Christmas. Happy thank New you, Lovelet, and thank you. And, you know, I, you know, you're know, you giving thanks, and, you know, it's important for us as Christians 
that we do give thanks. And, and you said when the sun comes up, and it reminds me of David, when David, you know, you're in Florida, um, and David, when he was in the wilderness, he would write those psalms. And a couple of the psalms he wrote that I wake in the dawn. And I really like that. And it's like the Lord, um, like David was so wanting to spend time with the Lord early in the morning that usually the dawn wake, awakens us. But he says, I awaken the dawn. I awaken, you know, cause I want to spend time with my God. And, and so, you know, you're giving thanks to the Lord. And David was one who prayed morning, noon and night as he would write in the Psalms and, uh, and just keep giving thanks to the Lord. And, uh, Father, I just pray for Lovelet's family, the kids, the grandkids and all them. She's thankful. But Lord, I just pray that you would bless her Christmas and bless her. She gives thanks to you in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you. Blessings. You bet, Lovelet. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Thank you and your family. You bet. Thank you. I appreciate that. Let's go to Fran in Denver. Hello. Fran, you're on Calvary Live. Yeah, you're on Calvary Live. You bet. Um, Just want to ask for prayer for healing, and we've got some young people who are experiencing cancer in the family and reconciliation and hope within the same family. Absolutely. Father, I do pray. I pray for Fran and she prays for her family. There's cancer uh, for those who are even young in her family. You know who they are and you know how they're battling this cancer, how severe it is. And we just pray for your healing touch. And Lord, I just pray that you would uh, minister to their bodies and and strengthen their bodies and just be with them during this time of of a very difficult diagnosis of cancer. I pray that you would be with them for there be reconciliation. You know the things that have uh, strained this family, the relationships or severed them. Uh, and Lord, I pray you bring healing, you bring forgiveness. And Lord, that you would work in a way that they would come together they would come together with uh, a, a desire to be a family, uh, to forgive, to come together, especially when there's so many needs. And Lord, that you would do that work and draw them to you because you're the one that gives us the the working in families. You're the one that ordained family. So Lord, be with Fran. Give her wisdom in ministering to her family um, Lord, we just pray that you would work in every way, physically, um, emotionally, spiritually with this family and all the needs that they have. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. Fran, we'll be praying, Fran. God bless you. All Thank right. You. I believe we got open lines. One of the things that I'd like to do in uh, this week before Christmas is I'd like to read some verses uh, from the scripture uh, pertaining to um, to Christmas. And uh, I want to read to you from Matthew chapter 2. I love this. When the wise men from the east came, uh, because there was a text question that came in, is what is the star of Bethlehem? And after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, we read, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, Where is he who was born king of the Jews? For we have seen a star in the east and have come to worship him. 
And when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with them. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, Bethlehem of Judea, thus it is written, and he's quoting from Micah, the Old Testament, chapter 5, verse 2, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of, of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go search carefully for the young child, and when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. Of course, he was lying. And when they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And we know that they would come and fall down and worshiped him. And they opened their treasures and they presented gifts of to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So it's an incredible account given to us in Matthew chapter 2. So people ask, what is the star? And uh, the star, was it a conjunction of planets? There's a lot written on it. Was it a star? We know that the purpose of the star was to alert the Magi to uh, the coming of Jesus and uh, prompted them to make a long trek to Jerusalem. They were from the east, probably over in that area of Persia or where Babylon was. Maybe they had some knowledge of the scripture from Daniel uh, as Daniel was writing to them. Uh, about the coming of Messiah the Prince. Maybe they were familiar with the writings of Numbers chapter 24, uh, as we know that um, that it describes a star coming from Jacob and a, uh, and a king scepter from Israel. But it's interesting, what was the star? Was it a conjunction of planets? Was it uh, a star? It seems like that maybe it appeared and then uh, rather than guide them, it prompted them to make that long trek to Jerusalem. And was it just the, the Magi that saw the star? Because they came to Jerusalem, and it tells us they saw it again. But what is interesting to me is that the religious leaders, they didn't make the trek a few miles to Bethlehem. So were they the only ones that saw it? Some suggest that it was the Shekinah glory of God. Uh, that would guide them to the Christ child as they brought those gifts. Um, maybe a supernatural star, but we do know that it guided the wise men. We know that it seemed to appear and then, um, you know, reappear, uh, because there they are. They're saying, where is this, this new king of the Jews? Herod's, of course, all upset about it. And it says that when they saw the star, they rejoiced. So it seems like that they didn't see this star for a little bit. Maybe initially, we just don't know for sure, but there was a star that would then go over the child when they came to the house. This is probably two years after the birth of Jesus, and they gave their gifts to him, but they worship him. And, you know, here's the thing, that the religious leaders that came to Herod, that they had the scriptures. They had Micah chapter 5, verse 2. Hey, where's this Messiah of yours supposed to be born, is what Herod the Great said, as he's troubled. Oh, just down the road there in Bethlehem. But they wouldn't even make the trek to go a few miles to go check it out. But those wise men truly were wise as they traveled across the desert hundreds of miles, probably for many days, to come to Jesus and to worship him and recognizing that he is not only the king, the new king of Israel, but he's the king of all kings. 
And I think it's wise, all of us, as we make the track this Christmas to, to worship him, to, to go to him, because I know it gets busy right now. I know that there's a lot that needs to be done, but don't forget about the reason for Christmas, and that is that Jesus Christ was born. And as we come, maybe making that trip to church, bringing somebody with you, uh, reading the Christmas story to your family, reading it to a neighbor or whoever, make that trek and make the effort to be able to proclaim that good news that Jesus Christ was born in the city of David as Savior, Christ the Lord, and that we can rejoice and that we would take the time and make it a priority to really, really worship him. And so I pray that all of you have a blessed Christmas. I'll be back tomorrow at the same time on Calvary Live. If if you wanted to call in again and ask your questions, give your prayer requests. And, uh, but it's such a wonderful time of the year. And uh, take the time, uh, just as these wise men and the effort that they made to be able to come to him and to worship him this Christmas season. And I pray that you would do that. And to also know, even as we're going to have a prophecy update on January 1st, as we enter into a new year, listen, keep your eyes on the Lord. Keep watching, keep waiting. There was a reason why Jesus came. The reason was is that he went to a cross to die for our sins, and he rose again from the grave. And as we come in faith, that as we call out to him in our need to be forgiven, and that he is the Savior of the world, that as he comes into our hearts, that he, as we believe, that we become the children of God and have the spirit of adoption. And that's so glorious, isn't it? So that's the message that we want to give to others at this Christmas season. Take the time, take the time to go and worship him. So, so glad to be with you today. Had a great show. So wonderful. Be back, as I said, tomorrow on Calvary Live. God bless you. Have a great evening. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.